Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome to the Early Edge NFL Conference Championship Player Prop Preview Show. Presented by BetMGM. Say that five times fast. I am your host, EC. Great to have you all with us. This is the most successful show on the internet. Well, at least in my mind. Let's check out last week's recap. And maybe I'm not so far off if it wasn't for my two and three record. But how about my guys here? How about Proppy, four and one. Uncle Dave, three and one. And apparently a new sweatshirt on the way as well. Let's bring in the guys to find out what exactly Proppy is going to be buying. So we have, let's let's introduce everybody right off the bat. We have the greatest prop better in the entire universe. And I guess if you look at his NBA results, he's 40 units to the good this year. If you're not a Sportsline member, what are you doing? This is Prop Stars, the man, the myth, the legend. And finally, I mean, this guy is the fantasy football guru expert, the best that I know from CBS Sports, Uncle Dave Richard. Gentlemen, good to have you here. Uh, Proppy, you were the winner last week, so I'll let you... Uh, Get off to the, uh, the have the first uh, first uh, discussion point. You won a sweatshirt from Uncle Dave on Jordan Love. What did you actually choose as your uh, as your choice of garb? Well, first and foremost, EC, it's great to see you. I am so fired up. I want to say this is actually my favorite weekend in all of sports as far as the season or year is concerned. Uh, I prefer this to the Super Bowl. Reason being, it's a lot less theatrics. I'm not into all the halftime, the extended halftime and commercials. I just love football. I think these are pretty confident to state that these are the four best teams remaining. I also want to congratulate my friend, mentor, and uh, uncle Dave Richard on the fantastic three-in-one week last week dave's been excellent all season long uh won my showdown fortunately for me still figuring out what the garb is going to look like we're going to have something uh probably picked out before our super bowl our penultimate super bowl uh show which is coming up i guess we'll, we'll be off next week and then it'll be the following week uh but i am fired up fellas and i also want to last uh say shout out to our phenomenal producer jacob behind the scene who absolutely just is the best in the business uh, i've had some technical difficulties today so i am broadcasting through my phone uh which is pretty cool as well so, Dave, you went head-to-head on a showdown with Proppy. What did you learn from last week's uh, Jordan Love escapade? You mean other than don't do showdowns with Proppy? I may take him uh, on. Listen, I, I thought that Love had a good game, and there, there was a chance for him, an outside chance for him, to get that yardage that I needed for him to go over on the last drive of the game. 
He threw a pick. I think he's a great quarterback. I think the Packers should be really happy with Jordan Love as their guy. Maybe if the weather was a little bit better. And I did preface by saying that if the weather was bad, then maybe I wouldn't be so in love with Jordan. But ultimately, <laughs> I, I think I know better that if if Proppy challenges me on a showdown, I gotta I gotta take a big step back and really think twice about it from now on. I, I do. I do want to mention, Uncle Dave. We are one and one this season, so I, I would uh, I, I appreciate the, the the humility. But you did beat me on our last showdown. I definitely wanted to point yeah. that out, Uncle Dave. To, so we to are one fair, and one. Lifetime, we're two and two. I so think we are two and two, but I think you're two and one as far as player prop showdowns go. Yeah, I mean, fair you were enough. making a homer uh, pick, Proppy. You were making a homer pick, and your team was in the middle of a meltdown, which we saw culminate against Tampa Bay. Sorry to bring it up. Hey, listen, my team had a meltdown last week in that they can't kick field goals. Uh, bye-bye, Anders Carlson. Hopefully we're talking about new kickers next year for kicker props. But let's get right to the AFC Championship game. It is on CBS. It is at 3 p.m. Eastern time. The Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, in their sixth straight AFC Championship game, taking on the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to start – we're going to go team by team with the props. We're going to start with you, Dave. You're going to a couple of uh, – for your two Kansas City props right off the bat, you're going to a couple of the big names, starting with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, have you heard of Patrick Mahomes? He's not bad. I'm taking the over on his pass attempts at 36-and-a-half. It's minus 123. A little juicy, but I think he goes over it. Let's start with the basics. Mahomes has at least 37 pass attempts in 11 of 18 games this year. And for what it's worth – He's had 37 or more pass attempts in five of six losses this year. Now, I do think that uh, the Ravens in 17 games, I don't think this, I know this, excluding their Week 18 meaningless game, opponents average 37.3 pass attempts per game. This number is pretty sharp if you ask me. But you pair all of that information with Isaiah Pacheco playing at less than 100%, with Joe Tooney, not playing on that offensive line for Kansas City. I think that that's a big deal. I think it's reasonable to expect that Kansas City struggles to run the football and is forced to lean on Patrick Mahomes. That's basically what the Chiefs do anyway. And I dug up this stat. Tell me what you think of this one, EC. They're tied or behind in a game that Mahomes is obviously in. They average a pass play 66.7% of the time. So even if it's nothing, nothing, they're throwing it when they're they throw it two thirds of the time effectively. And so if that's going to be the case, I think Baltimore is going to win. I think Kansas city will be playing from behind. They're going to do what they always do. They're going to lean on Patrick Mahomes. He'll be close to 40 passing attempts over 36 and a half pass attempts. Let me go over Travis Kelsey's prop before I throw it back to you though, over 61 and a half receiving yards at minus minus one fifteen. And to me, this is a counter to taking Travis Kelsey over five and a half receptions. I really like that one. But the juice is just way too high, so I'm not touching it. It helps that Kelsey has at least 70 yards in each of his past two games, both of them playoff games, both of them winner-go-home games, both of them big games where Patrick Mahomes is leaning on his guy and finding him open against zone coverage. I expect Baltimore to play a lot of zone coverage this week, just as they have recently. And they've also showed, they've also allowed some pretty big numbers recently to tight ends against players at the position when they line up in the slot or out wide, the Ravens have led up an insane. This I, I double-checked this number. This is the number, 21.1 yards per catch in their last four meaningful games. So throw out the Steelers game. That doesn't matter. It's their playoff game. It's their other three regular season games. We've seen tight ends 
tee off on this Ravens defense. George Kittle, especially in zone coverage, went crazy against them. I think Travis Kelsey will do the exact same thing. That connection is going to be strong for the Chiefs. And so Kelsey over 61 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. So, Dave, how high would you play it? How high would you go up with Kelsey? I think he could get to 70 yards. So I don't think you're going to see the line um, be that high. But if okay. you get it 61, if the, the day started, it was at 62 and a half. Some money must have come in on it to push it down a yard. I think I think that that's easy. I think it's an easy one to go over on. Now, Proppy, Uncle Dave is all over Kelsey, but you are actually fading the Chiefs' number one receiver. Why? Yeah, I am, EC. I'm going to fade Rashi Rice, uh, something that I've been on the opposite side of all season. If you've been following the show, following me, we've backed Rice uh, pretty much – countless times beating the drum for him but I just think this is a really big number six and a half receptions we're going under here uh for my money I think the advanced metrics would certainly reflect this as well this Baltimore pass defense is the best in the business uh top three in EPA allowed per drop back uh top three in PFF's coverage grade um Everything, every advanced metric you can look at. They're also exceptional against wide receiver ones and first reads as well. They, they defend the perimeter and the boundaries as well as any defense in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, they're getting Marlon Humphrey. Uh, their all-pro corner looks like he's going to suit up for this game as well. They have allowed six receivers this season, EC. Six receivers to eclipse seven receptions uh, in over 19 football games. That is an unbelievable statistic. You have to go all the way back to December 10th against the Rams was the last time they allowed a receiver to eclipse seven receptions, and it was Cooper Cup. Uh, they are v- far more vulnerable over the middle of the field to opposing tight ends, which is why I like Dave Dave's Kelsey prop quite a bit. This is just, again, a really big ask for Rasheed Rice, who's been phenomenal, but seven receptions in the AFC Championship on the road against this absolutely elite Baltimore pass defense uh, that just shuts down opposing number one wide receivers. We saw it last week with Nico Collins. And again, there was no Marlon Humphrey. We saw it with Tyreek Hill in week 17 uh, as well. They've totally limited him to under 75 yards and uh, a handful of receptions. So I think they're going to key in on Rice, who's been the engine of Kansas City's uh, uh, passing attack. So I love fading the stud rookie under six and a half receptions. I know it's juicy. Uh, this number should really be five and a half for my, my opinion, though. Yeah, I thought so too, Proppy. I thought that line when I saw you put it up on the site, thought it was kind of ridiculous. I don't I don't know what the bookmakers are thinking there. Maybe they're a lot smarter than us. I actually really like that. Now, Dave talked about Isaiah Pacheco being hurt. You're going to play his over, and, and I'm going to play an over as well. Let's start with you. What do you like for Pacheco on Sunday? Yeah, I like him to go over 16 and a half rushing yards. I'll preface by stating that I put that out at the site at 16 and a half. The current number is 63 and a half on most books that I looked at. Still very comfortable with it there. Uh, Pacheco hadn't practiced, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and Dave can clarify this. Got in a limited session today, however, mm-hmm. and he was uh, – Uh, emphatically stating that he will be suiting up for this game. I personally think the injury uh, probably slightly overblown, but if we look at how to attack this Baltimore defense, uh, the pass defense, as I mentioned, the best in the league, the run defense is where they've been vulnerable. 18th in EPA allowed per rush, 25th in run stop win rate. I think those numbers aren't necessarily indicative of how good or bad the run defense is. I think they're probably average to above average. However, if we're looking at the path of least resistance, I don't think you can really pass on this 
Kansas uh, outside of the middle of the field to tight ends. I just don't think we're going to see Kansas City implement a pass-heavy game plan. I think while it's a neutral or positive game strip, we're going to see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. And again, the Baltimore defense has been vulnerable on the ground. I've just been so impressed with Pacheco, the way he runs. He's a violent runner, uh, just really loves absorbing contact as well, can finish. Uh, so, yeah, love Isaiah Pacheco. Love the way they've been utilizing him. Andy Reid, for the first time, really, that I can remember, even getting back to when he was a Philadelphia Eagles coach, uh, has really had a balanced attack as well. He's comfortable uh, leaning heavily on this ground attack. So I think Isaiah Pacheco, again, is going to be the focal point of their offensive game plan of Kansas City's while this game is close. They only have a three-and-a-half, four-point spread as well. So I believe it will be fairly close for at least the first three quarters. I expect a heavy, heavy dosage of Isaiah Pacheco. But one caveat being if he's not healthy, you know, that could obviously clearly uh, – potentially affect his effectiveness. Uh, but yeah, I do believe he is healthier than not healthy and we'll see a big dose of him against the Ravens. Dave, as far as the injury goes for Pacheco, based on what Proppy mentioned, how concerned are you about his status and his effectiveness on Sunday? Status is something I'm not concerned with at all. I expect him to play. Uh, Properu is right. He did practice on a limited basis on Friday. And while he's listed as questionable for the game, he is expected to play. I I have red flags coming out on this line. I saw it at 63 and a half, and I just thought it was so low. 89 or more rush yards in each of his past three games. He's had at least 64 rush yards in six of his past eight games. I already said at the beginning of the show, I know better than to go with a showdown against proper Rooney. And if he's going to say that Isaiah Pacheco is going over, then I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and say, yeah, he's probably right. And asking for 61 to 70 yards, it's really not that much. I do want to point out that the the Thune's absence is going to hurt the pass protection much more than the run blocking in Kansas City. He's literally the highest graded offensive guard on pro football focus for pass blocking. For run blocking, he's good, but Nick Allegretti is going to replace him I don't know if he's really going to be as good as Joe Thune. Let's face it, very few offensive linemen can be. But he could at least be serviceable in that regard. And Baltimore in their last four games, 5.2 yards per carry with very high rush rates as far as yard plays of 5-plus yards allowed, 10-plus yards allowed. That's excluding Week 18. So they've been spiked by the run a little bit. A caveat to that is that they played San Francisco and Miami. Is Isaiah Pacheco as good as the running backs in San Francisco and Miami? To be completely honest with you, after the way that he's played in his last three games, the games where he's been good in, I'd say, yeah, he's been playing great. So I, I stayed away from taking the under on this prop. It has nothing to do with Alex's pick. But I do wonder a little bit about whether or not it's a sucker bet to take the over. We'll find out on Sunday. Hopefully he's fine. And that's really what it's going to come down to. If he's okay, Kansas City would be very wise to run him as much as they possibly can. And if they do that and he comes out of the game fine, then 70 rush yards will be absolutely where he'll land. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point, Dave. Now, I'm going to go with Isaiah Pacheco's over 16 and a half receiving yards at minus 120. And I know it's kind of risky because Pacheco lately has been a boomer bust as far as a receiver. But the Ravens have allowed a running back to hit this in seven of their last eight games. And it's actually a running back to go over 20 yards receiving in seven of their last eight games. The only one that did not hit this was Kyron Williams, because not only he was he was tearing him up on the ground and it was a rain game. So they weren't really uh, throwing it, I guess, short. They're throwing it more over the middle, whatnot. 
Nonetheless, Devin Singletary, five catches, 48 yards last week. Uh, I don't love the over-under of three and a half catches. Kind of like Proppy's Rasheed Rice line. It's a little fishy to me. But I do think Pacheco, 17 yards, get that on one catch. Done it a few times this year, so I'm going to roll with that uh, over 16 and a half yards. I'd play it, play it about up to 21. I mean, that's seven of eight stat over 20 yards. Yeah, I'll take my chances with that. All right, before we get to the Baltimore props, let's hear from one of our sponsors. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, so you can make all these bets on BetMGM. As new BetMGM customers can sign up today, get $158 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $5, and you'll receive $158 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome, with bonus code EDGE158. That's EDGE158. All right, a couple questions we want to get to before we move on to Baltimore. Uh, Let's start with Patrick Mahomes. Joseph asks, 199.5 for Mahomes passing yards. Proppy, playing over or under? I'm sorry, repeat the number, you see? 199 and a half. For Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Over. And that was what he, I guess he's playing an alt line. Okay, yeah, absolutely over. Well, okay. but Maybe how much do you have to lay in order to take that? Yeah, over? that would be my question as well. Uh, right, if it's like minus 300, I'm not taking the chance. Uh, here's one from, I guess this one's, this is a legit one. How about uh, to you, Dave? Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, knowing that Isaiah Pacheco is banged up, what would you play his rushing yards up to? Uh, I mean, if 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 Pacheco is fine, we're not going to see much of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Maybe like, and this is off the top of the dome. I haven't seen the line. Maybe like 11 and a half rushing yards. I consider that over. And if it's in the neighborhood of like 19, 20 and a half, I would take the under. These over under right now is seven and a half. Yeah. So in that case, I'd consider the over there. Dave, you had a question before the break, I believe. Well, no, I just I, I wanted to bring up a, just a quick point about Pacheco, and this is just me thinking again off the top of the dome. If 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 the offensive line, especially the interior of the offensive line, is going to be kind of a problem for Kansas City, it makes all the sense in the world for Patrick Mahomes to lean on Pacheco through the air. I, I like your prop there, EC. I think it's got a great shot of hitting. All right, let's get on to Baltimore's props. Don't have as many of those. Uh, I'm going to pitch it over to Dave. You have an interesting one here with a running back that I actually really, really like this week as far as props go. Surprised we don't have more Justice Hill props. Well, I like it a lot. It's Justice Hill over seven and a half rush attempts. I found it at plus 102 earlier this week. 
that odds number has changed dramatically in the last 12 hours. You need to shop around on that. I would play it at minus 115 or so if you can find it. If we don't count the Ravens' Week 18 meaningless game against the Steelers, a game Hill didn't even have a single carry in, then Hill has surpassed seven and a half rushes in two of his last three games. It's helped that he's seemingly become the Ravens' most utilized running back. Listen to this. He's played over 50% of the snaps in three of his past four. That's including the Week 18 game. He was much more explosive than Gus Edwards last week, and he should be able to take advantage of a Chiefs run defense that struggled against power gap blocking in their past four meaningful games. 5.4 yards per carry. Hill has averaged 5.4 yards per carry when his big men are moving around. They're trying to move other defensive linemen out of the way. It's 2.0 yards per carry higher than Gus Edwards in that span. Hill was over this total, eight-plus carries, last week early on in the fourth quarter, and he would have led the Ravens in fourth-quarter carries if not for Dalvin Cook having five on the Ravens' final drive of their blowout win. If you can find it a plus money, it's an added bonus, but otherwise I think Justice Hill leads the Ravens' run game over seven and a half rush attempts. Yeah, I like that one a lot, Dave. I think that's great. But go ahead, Proppy. Yeah, just to piggyback on what Dave said, uh, just watch. Just as far, as far as the eye test is concerned, Justice Hill at this stage just looks a lot more explosive uh, than Gus Edwards, just a lot more dynamic. It's funny, we're watching Justice Hill over the first half of the season. Wasn't really seeing a lot, but he's certainly looked the part uh, over the last three, four weeks uh, for Baltimore. So I like that quite a bit. I do think he's going to see continue to see extended usage. Uh, and we know how much Baltimore likes to run the football. Plus, it's a great matchup. Proppy, do you think we'll see anything from Dalvin Cook this week? If we do, you see, I think it's minimum. I think it'll be maybe he's in on five to ten snaps total. Uh, Dave, Drew has a question on this one. Would you do anything with Isaiah Likely or Mark Andrews props with Andrews back? Uh, might be on a pitch count, though. Yeah, I, I would stay away from Mark Andrews. This is his first game back after breaking his leg. So I, I would wonder if he's going to be very limited. I saw the reception, so I think it was three and a half, and it was way juiced to the under. I completely get why. That's the type of prop that I think I would try and parlay with a couple of other props. And you know me, I, I know you're going crazy, EC, <laughs> and I know that Proparoni is rolling his eyes. But maybe like some two-leg parlays where one of them is Mark Andrews under and the other one is your favorite prop that you hear on the show today. I think that could work out for you. You know, you had me before you said two-leg parlays, Dave. That's a few legs too few for me, especially when we're doing a game. I was hoping you'd hey, say four or five. I, I'll take I'm where, just trying I'll to take... be responsible over here because those four- and five-leg parlays are tough. Proppy, we've had a few questions about Lamar Jackson and his rushing yard, 66 and a half, 67 and a half, and maybe anytime touchdown. How do you feel about those? I think those numbers are ultra efficient, personally. If anything, I'd actually uh, have a slight lean to the under there. Uh, we've seen these numbers get steamed up. Uh, we've seen how good Lamar Jackson obviously is with his legs. Uh, we know in these high leverage spots, he'll lean heavily on them. But again, I think this number is very efficient. Uh, I have the number closer to 60. Uh, ultimately, I think there's a little bit of value on the under, if anything. Dave, there's a weird prop being put out by one of the sports books to that Lamar will have at least 25 rushing yards in each half at plus 130. What do you think about that? Uh, I At plus 130? For it's 25 yards, at least in each half. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. I've done zero research on Lamar's rushing because I agree 
with Alex that 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 number is getting seamed up because the public wants to take the over on Lamar Jackson at plus 130. I don't hate it, but you have to count on the game remaining competitive for four quarters. If you think the Ravens are just going to roll all, all over Kansas City, which I think is a possibility, then I don't know if I can take that bet even at plus 130. Proppy, uh, Dave talked about Justice Hill's rushing attempts, but how about his combined rushing receiving yards at 48 and a half? Any thoughts there? I lean over there for sure. I know uh, our colleague RJ likes that play quite a bit. Uh, Again, I think Justice Hill is their best running back right now, and they have more confidence in him than Gus Edwards. Certainly offers uh, a lot more explosiveness and more of a three-down skill set than Gus Edwards. So I I like it there. I do wonder how much he'll be involved as a receiver personally, so I'm more comfortable with Dave's props, especially at the price Dave's getting uh, with plus money or just his pure rushing line than I am his combination line. All right, last one for you, Dave, on this particular game. So in the playoffs, we've seen – I have friends who have made defensive touchdown props, and I had a buddy that hit one the other week with uh, Houston to get two defensive touchdowns against Cleveland, and he got paid at like 90-1, to which is wild. Is there – of these four teams, if you were to pick one that would score a touchdown where you would put an anytime touchdown bet, which would you choose? Of any of these two teams or any team? Any any four this week. Any this weekend. Any four this week – Man, uh, I, I I would guess the Ravens would be the one that I would pick just because I expect Kansas City to put the ball in the air a lot. And so when, when you're putting the ball up, maybe in fourth quarter, it'll be in harm's way a little bit more often. That's one where the Ravens can take it back for a touchdown. Wouldn't touch either of the defenses in the NFC Championship game. Proppy, how about you? If you were to pick one of the four defenses this weekend to score a touchdown, who would it be? I, I agree with Dave. It's got to be between Baltimore and Kansas City. I'm more comfortable with Baltimore just knowing – uh, how strong their pass defense is, especially if they're playing with a lead in the second half, you know, forcing Mahomes to have to air the ball out. Uh, this is a really, this is not the defense you want to do that against. So if anything, it'd be Baltimore. Well, I, before we, we move along here, I actually have one more prop that I want to get in because I was wrong last week. I took an under on a field goal kicker. I should know better. We oh. had a good thing going. Look what I did. Sorry. Well, we're not going to make that mistake this week. Let's go with Justin Tucker over one and a half made field goals at minus 130. He is over this in seven of his last 10 games. In fact, he's 32 of 33 from inside of 50 yards this season. And I forget about made field goals against them. Kansas City has given up multiple field goal attempts in seven of their last nine. If Tyler Bass knew how to, well, kick it straight, he might have actually been, it might have gone over, but I think we can all, sorry, Bills fans, I don't want to rub it in any more than it already is. Go ahead, Dave. Two things. Number one, let's talk about the weather in Baltimore. As of the last forecast, I saw it was cloudy with occasional light rain. Chance of rain was 80%. That's something that I would want to check out. Uh, Winds 10 to 15 mile an hour. I would want to do that before I look at any kicker prop in the game. And two, uh, Prop Nokio. We've been doing this show for three years, right? Been a great time. Awesome ride. And I used to do the kicker props. Do you remember me? Let me ask it this way. How many times have I taken an under on a field goal kicker prop in three years? I can't remember a single instance, Uncle Dave. You can't remember a single instance because it never happened. It's one of the bets. EC, I learned this the hard way from picks that I made that I didn't put on the show. Taking the under on field goals made, you've got to have some unreal conviction on a kicker not getting those opportunities. And you really can only do it with offenses that just 
they they eschew kickers. They don't want to use them at all. And that's all. what I did last week. That, yeah, I don't uh, think so. I think Kansas City was okay taking points against Buffalo. Buffalo was not giving up multiple field goals. But it's okay. It's not mm-hmm. about Buffalo as much as it is Kansas City and the right. head coach yes. deciding, okay, we're going to go for a field goal instead of going for it on a, on a fourth and four from like the 35-yard line. Anyway, the lesson that should be learned here is really you've got to be – you've got to have – Huge conviction to take the under on a field goal prop. You also need to have some pretty serious conviction to put your hard-earned money on any field goal kicker prop. That's why I've stayed away (laughs) from kicker props pretty much all year long. All right. I hereby declare from this point forward that there will be no more unders for field goal props that are given out on this show. Is that fair? Well, what if Anders Carlson's kicking? We just won't. We'll just pretend that he's not and we won't play anything. Too soon, Dave. Too soon. Before we get to the 49ers and Lions, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Well, this game should be. It should be Packers at Lions. It should be. But once again, too soon. It's Lions at 49ers. Niners are a seven-point favorite. We're going to talk about score predictions later in the show because one of us has a very interesting take on this game that differs from the other two. But let's get right to our first prop. And Dave, I'm going to start with you. This is one that I actually really, really like. I looked at. Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end for the Lions, had been battling an injury, did not look hampered the last few weeks, but you actually like him to find some success this week. Why is that? Well, he looked great last week, the week before he wasn't, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but I'm taking the over on his receiving yards, over 46 and a half. This is another line that dropped by two yards earlier in the day. I think it's a mistake by the odds makers. I'm taking the over on 46 and a half at minus 117 in his game last week. It was his second game back after hurting his knee in week 18. He had 65 yards. He was very involved in what the Lions were doing. That's where I'd expect him to end up this week against the 49ers, who in their past five games that have meant something – have allowed a 79.5% catch rate, 10.4 yards per catch, and 4.3 yards after catch per reception to tight ends. Now, I wouldn't expect a ton of big plays from Laporta, no 25, 30-yard types of plays, but a 10-yard average? I mean, he's been doing that all year long. That's reasonable. And if that's the case, then we just need five grabs against the 49ers. They're going to play a lot of zone defense. They've been doing that a lot lately. That's going to be good for Laporta. I think that they're going to throw a decent amount in this game. I think that's going to help Laporta, and it helps that on the season, he's averaged a full yard per catch more against zone coverage compared to man coverage. He's back in the swing of things, and as JB in the chat has already pointed out, he's off the injury report. He's good to go. Walk through Laporta. 
We're taking the over on his receiving yards, 46 and a half at minus 117. You, you know, Dave, there's sometimes we're all own up to making mistakes. So on draft night, I was texting with some Lions friends and they took Jameer Gibbs first. And I said, well, why are you taking a running back 12th? And then they took Jack Campbell. I'm like, why are you taking a slow linebacker in the first round? And then they took Laporta and Brian Branch. I'm like, what, what, what a horrible draft. I was like, give it an F. I was partly serious, partly kidding. Do you think I've heard the end of that this year? Talk about a team that absolutely nailed its draft. And Proppy, you're going to go with the other Lions rookie on offense who has been absolutely dynamic, Jameer Gibbs. Why do you like his success this week? Yeah, first and foremost, I'll admit, you see, I had similar sentiments regarding the Lions draft as well. Turned out to be completely incorrect. Uh, absolutely nailed it. Uh, also, Brian Branch, phenomenal defensive player, so I'm glad you pointed that out. But uh, I love Jameer Gibbs. I'm taking his combination line, you see. We're going over 17.5, rushing and receiving. This number up to 76.5 I saw on most books. I'm still comfortable with it there. Uh, Jameer Gibbs has been the Lions' best offensive skill position player over the postseason. He's just been phenomenal uh, in both of these Lions victories. Uh, with all due respect to David Montgomery, who's a fine veteran running back, take, takes what's given to him, doesn't make mistakes, doesn't put the football on the ground. Jameer Gibbs just offers a much more uh, explosive three-down skill set, his acceleration. He's so dynamic. He's a threat to score the football. Every time he touches it, uh, just good things happen. Really possesses, again, a three-down skill set, makes huge contributions as a pass catcher. I have a lot of confidence in the coaching staff of Detroit, Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, two very good coaches. They're seeing how good Jameer Gibbs is. This is why Dave was on his prop last week, unfortunately fell just short of going over on it. But uh, yeah, again, good things happen when the football is in Jameer Gibbs' hands. He's really outplayed David Montgomery so far through these playoffs. And when we look at the opponent, San Francisco, uh, their pass defense is very good. Their run defense leaves a lot to be desired. This is not the San Francisco run defense that we're used to seeing over the past four to five years. They have been very vulnerable on the ground. If we're talking about the path of least resistance and how teams are opting to attack San Francisco in a positive or neutral game environment, they're choosing to run the football. Uh, so I believe we're going to see the Lions, who run the football as well as any team in the NFL, both from an efficiency standpoint and a volume standpoint, uh, they're going to make Jameer Gibbs, in my opinion, the center point and the focal point of their offensive game plan. And I believe that Jameer Gibbs can find a lot of success. We saw how good Aaron Jones was. Uh, we saw Green Bay's offensive line, who I believe is inferior to Detroit's, really dominate the line of scrimmage uh, with Aaron Jones again in that backfield. So I think we're going to see more Jameer Gibbs than we've seen in the previous two football games. And he is going to, yeah, just capitalize on this work. And what I think is honestly a good matchup so i love the combination line specifically because of the three down skill set and his ways to beat the san francisco defense i just don't understand proppy why the lions continue to play david montgomery i know they paid him a lot of money but jameer gibbs is so much more dynamic in the, especially in the open field we saw what happened last week when jameer got a chance in the second half and he had some big plays. Dave, go ahead. Well, the reason why they paid Montgomery is because they acquired him first. They didn't know that right. they were going to get Jameer Gibbs in the draft. And then clearly, we've already talked about it, what, twice now on this show, where they took Jameer Gibbs in the draft. That tells you everything that you need to know about how much they loved him. And they've used him accordingly. In fact, we could argue that they haven't used him enough. It's too even of a split between Gibbs and Montgomery. I wanted to take the over on Jameer Gibbs rushing the line, and you heard Prop talk about this. 5.6 yards per carry to running backs in their last four games, excluding Week 18. Arizona averaged over eight yards per carry against the 49ers. The Packers last week, 
5.6. Washington, Washington's run game, 4.8 yards per carry. The Lions need to really stick with Gibbs, and that's why I'm I'm a little hesitant to take anything other than the combo line for Jameer Gibbs. If they give him 50% of the work, then he's got a chance to go over that total, especially if it's only like 71 total yards. That's amazing. But they, I'd like to see them commit and give him all the work. Hopefully we see that. I mean, honestly, hopefully we see that this Sunday. But next season for fantasy, we need to see that dude getting at least 15 touches a week minimum. We have reached the point in the show where you guys are about to disagree with one of my picks. <laughs> so I've tried to delay this as long as I can because I thought it would only be one of you that would disagree with me. But apparently it's not. It's both of you. So let's just get get this out in the open right now. I'm going with a couple of Jared Goff props. Jared Goff, over 35 and a half passing attempts at minus 130. Now, let me explain this one, and I'll give them both out, and then we can we can discuss it. This is a tricky line by the books, but I'm falling for it. In the five Detroit losses this year, Jared Goff has thrown 35, 53, 44, 35, and 34 times. A minimum of 34 times, twice on 35 and they're giving us 35 and a half. The over is minus 130. I just have a feeling Detroit is going to be flailing in the second half and throwing plenty. And when they do that, Jared Goff's going to throw an interception at minus 150. I hate to get in on the no-fly zone. I haven't. I don't think I've done it all year. But Goff has thrown an interception in four of the five Detroit losses this year, including two in uh, two of those games. And San Francisco has forced at least one interception in eight of the last 10 games. Proppy, you were the one who wanted to discuss this first with me when I told you about it yesterday. Jared Goff, over 35 and a half. Why do you not like this play? Yeah, if I'm looking at this line, you see, to me, it's just really evident that you're banking on a specific game script uh, mm-hmm. in order to cash this prop. And then the Lions are just going to be significantly trailing or trailing throughout the majority of the game, forcing Jared Goff to throwing the football a, a bunch. Uh, when I'm approaching props, I want to approach it from a neutral uh, a game script first. I don't want there to be a specific game script that has to unfold in order to cash the prop. Uh, so, yeah, as far as Jared Goff is concerned, again, if it's a neutral or positive game script, I'm very confident confident Detroit are going to emphasize their run and they're going to run the football quite a bit. That's how teams are choosing to attack the 49ers. Oh, again, we, we really, if in order for this, the prop to cash, which is entirely possible, uh, Detroit's going to have to be playing from behind from the majority of the game, forcing Detroit uh, to go away from what they ultimately want to do. That's why I feel like this prop uh, is somewhere. I'd look elsewhere personally, again, not suggesting you can't hit, uh, but yeah, that would be, that would be my advice regarding this. All right, Dave, why are you against Jared Goff going over this prop? Well, let's just start with the juice. The fact that you've picked two bets that are at least minus 130 and Mm -hmm. they don't feel like they are game script neutral, like we've already heard from my brother up on top there. So I'm, I'm hesitant on that. And do I need to tell you the stat again about how the 49ers have been against the run? I get it. I don't mind repeating it. No, I I know they've been ga- – I mean, we saw Aaron Jones gash them last week, and you named the other stats. You know, the Cardinals had what – would you say, like eight yards 8. per carry? 8.4 yards per carry from Arizona. I, Four I get point- it. Oh, you're going to hear them all now. 4.8 <laughs> yards per carry against the Commanders. 5.6 yards per carry last week against Green Bay. 5.6 yards per mm-hmm. carry in their past four games. We're throwing out that game against the Rams. So think of their last three regular season games that mattered. 
and last week's game, it's over five yards per carry. I'm not saying that the 49ers are going to just laser focus on shutting down Gibbs and Montgomery. I think that's going to be a little bit hard to do. And yeah, we talked about Kansas City's offensive line, and they're going to miss a starting guard. So too is Detroit. But I think the replacement for Detroit's offensive line is actually going to be okay without Jonah Jackson there. I think they'll be okay. Now, if there was no Frank Ragnow, I would change my tune. If Frank Ragnow wasn't there, I would expect the 49ers to actually be able to like wipe the floor with the Lions, and that would force Jared Goff to throw. But Ragnow is an animal. He's going to play. I think the juice is a little too high. If you were able to find that over, uh, certainly at 35 and a half, and it was like minus 110, maybe even even money, I might not fight you on that, EC. And the interception numbers also just – it was minus 150. I can't – Yeah, I, I agree. I just I, – I can't I, find it in my heart or in my the heart of my wallet to find that prop and take it. And you know, I don't – Dave, I love plus money anything. When it comes to this one, though, this is a correlated play. If, or if I can put them together in an SGP with the Goff's passing attempts, the more he throws, obviously, the more likely he is to throw an interception. I know, sorry, poor cliche, but it, it's true. Proppy, when you go and make your picks – do you ever consider in your mind how a game you expect the game to go and then you bet props based on your internal prediction for the game? Uh, the, fa- the minimal factor, you see, when I'm breaking down props, I- I'm really just breaking down that specific matchup. What's happened previously ha- has little to do with it. Like, first and foremost, I'm looking at uh, pass rate overexpected, how teams are choosing uh, to attack in neutral uh, game environments, and then what teams are doing against specific defenses. So, uh, yeah, I'm really kind of leaning heavily into the matchup versus what's happened historically or what's happened eight of the last 10 games doesn't really factor into me just again honing in on that specific matchup how teams are opting to play in neutral game environments all right so here's what i do this is where i'm guilty as charged so i'll go and i'll put out a video on sports line social accounts every week where i make score predictions so based on that and, and last week i actually hit the bills chiefs game right on the number and was 4-0 against the spread but hey who's counting uh i go and think about that and i say all right i like san francisco to win this game by three touchdowns which we'll get to a little bit later on so therefore, if that result happens as I predicted, Jared Goff will be throwing plenty in the second half, and therefore his likelihood of an interception will go up. That is how I came to that conclusion. That's how I fit. Now, I know it's, it's unique, and I'm probably different in that I think that way, that I internally predicted a certain way, and so I think game flow will therefore follow. That's my, kind of my logic for laying the juice with Jared Goff there. All right, now let's get on to some 49ers props. Proppy, you have one that was actually asked about in the chat. And I really, really like this one because this is not necessarily, let's just say, the most healthy player that has ever played in the National Football League. Why are you going with an under when it comes to Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I like Christian McCaffrey under 19 and a half rushing attempts. I'd also add that if I'm going to uh, basically accept a lot of juice it's going to be on an under uh, unders i just feel i'm a lot more comfortable laying juice because there's just a lot more ways for a play to go under than over so much has to go right when we're looking at these big inflated lines especially when the public uh tends to steam something up and bet something over so uh yeah i'm willing to take the juice here on mccaffrey under 19 and a half rushing attempts for the stud running back uh this is just a huge number for mccaffrey uh so much has to go right again for this number to go over in my opinion especially if we look at the matchup detroit's been a major major pass funnel uh all season long they've been the best one of the best run defenses 
in the NFL. They've actually surrendered fewer yards to opposing running backs than any defense in the NFL. You mentioned McCaffrey, durability concerns uh, there as well. So I think while we're looking at a neutral game environment, we're going to see San Francisco lean heavily on the pass. Again, that's where Detroit has been vulnerable in the second half in the event that they were to get a, a, a double-digit lead. I think we'll see a more of a running back by committee. I don't think they're going to want to expose Christian McCaffrey uh, to a lot of additional work. I think we'll see Elijah Mitchell, uh, maybe even Jordan Mason mix in there as well. So I just think if we're looking at the potential range of outcomes, Christian McCaffrey receiving 20-plus carries in this game uh, weighs very low in comparison to him finishing with fewer than 20 carries. Uh, so that's why I'm going under on this prop. Now, Proppy, as you have educated me off the air, betting unders, there's a lot easier ways to hit an under than there is an over. If you look at your NBA record on Sportsline right now, in your last 174 props, you're 113 and 61 and up 40.63 units. If you're tailing Proppy in the NBA, I mean, as well as the NFL, you are making a lot of money. And I am one who doesn't usually love to bet unders. This is a compelling case. Just want to point that out. Now, uh, I want to go with an over here. And I, I kind of educated this one over the last few weeks. We go against, we, we take number one receivers against the Detroit Lions. Brandon Ayuk, over 80 and a half receiving yards is minus 110. And Ayuk, anytime touchdown is also minus 110. Listen to the last five games of number one receivers against the Lions. 141 yards, 227, 192, 181, 147, and all five of them scored a touchdown. That's an average of 10 catches for 178 yards and a touchdown for number one receivers against the Lions in the last five weeks. I know we don't love to play the trends. I do. So guilty as charged. I'm going with Brandon Ayuk to go nuclear, and, I would, and I'm going to pull a proppy term. I'm laddering this one up. 100 or more yards is plus 165 at BetMGM. 125 or more yards is plus 380. By the way, in the last five games, that, that full games that Brandon Ayuk has played, three times he's had 100 yards. And now he goes against this Lions secondary, which has gotten obliterated lately. This one seems like a gift from the sports books. Dave, any thoughts on, on Brandon Ayuk and the 49ers passing game? I think it is such an inflated line because the odds makers are scared to death that he's going to have a big game, and I'm with you on it. I think that this is exactly the type of matchup that Brandon Ayuk can feast on, and this works hand-in-hand hand with the McCaffrey under. Look, I, I think this is where the 49ers lean on Brock Purdy. Last week was an ugly game. This should be a bounce-back game. I looked hard at his pass attempts number. It's 30-and-a-half. It wouldn't surprise me if he fell just short of 31 pass attempts in this game. But I think the 49ers, to use a term from proper Rooney, is take the path of least resistance. Are they going to run into the guts of this run defense that Detroit has, or are they going to take advantage of this bad secondary? If they do that, and if Debo Samuel isn't at 100%, Kittle's going to get his. But Brandon Ayuk should have an absolute monster game and a bounce-back game for him that's not in the rain, that's not against Green Bay, against this lowly Lions defense. It's worth taking. It's not a sucker bet. Proppy, what would you do with Debo Samuel if he plays, and what would you do with George Kittle? 
Uh, as far as Debo Samuel is concerned, I'm staying away, you know, depending on the number, very unlikely to, to really have a strong conviction regardless, just not knowing uh, if he's going to be out there as a decoy, what his effectiveness will be, how many snaps, if he's going to be a part-time player. So for those reasons, uh, it'd have to be like an astronomically no, low number for me to really uh, kind of jump at that. So staying away from Debo, just not really knowing uh, what to expect. George Kittle, I think, can have a lot of success in this matchup, too. Uh, we just know this Detroit defense, extremely, extremely vulnerable over the middle of the field. They double team at one of the lowest rates in the NFL. I think Ayuk and George Kittle uh, can both get home, even though they have very steamed up numbers here. And I agree with Brock Purdy uh, airing the football out quite a bit. I think he's going to be highly efficient against this Detroit pass defense. It's been a major pass funnel uh, and it's just been really vulnerable on the back end over the middle of the field. So I think Ayuk and Kittle can have a lot of success in this matchup. Yeah, Ayuk went down. I just looked at his updated number, 77 and a half on BetMGM. I'm playing it over 100. I'm laddering it all the way. I don't care what, what his original number is, going 100 and 125. The trends don't lie sometimes. I know Proppy doesn't always love it, but this is one that has not lied. Five straight weeks, I'm going with it. All right, Dave, one guy we have not talked about in this game, somebody brought up in the chat is Amon Ross St. Brown, who has been on an absolute roll for the Lions. What do you do with his props right now? Uh, 84 and a half and uh, seven and a half catches at even money. I studied at Oman Ra, and if I had any stones at all, I would take the under on his receiving yards. He's been over 85 yards in five of his last six games. He wasn't last week. Only nine receivers all season have had at least 85 yards against San Francisco. Zero in their one playoff game against Green Bay. I think a little bit of that has to do with the fact that the Packers spread the ball around EC. I know you can back me up on that one, but I feel like that line – is a little too high or a little too low is what I meant to say. Encouraging people to take the over because of how good he's been. I think the 49ers are pretty good against covering receivers, especially guys like St. Brown who don't run a lot of deep routes to begin with. They don't allow a ton of yards after the catch. Sometimes against slot receivers they do, but out wide they really don't. They've got some good cover corners playing along the perimeter. I, I would actually lean toward the under on St. Brown. Not an official play. It would make me a little bit nervous, but I think the odds makers are trying to sucker you into taking the over. So we, the three of us gave out our score predictions for a Sportsline article, which I'm not sure is live on the site yet. And it was funny, for the Ravens game, uh, Dave had 27-20 Baltimore, Proppy had 24-20 Baltimore. I had 26-20 Baltimore. We, we didn't talk to each other. We just randomly put out our picks. So when it came to the 49ers game, I had 49ers 38-17, blowout central. Dave had 49ers 34-20. But Proppy, Lions 28, 49ers 23. What? I'm on an island, DC, and I love it. It's Proppy Island. Everyone's invited. Uh, we're out here on our own. I think I'll, I'll have some people hopefully join the island by the time kickoff comes. But I, to me, the Lions are a really tough matchup for San Francisco. Uh, if we look at what San Francisco does well, running the football, the Lions are a very stout run defense. Uh, if we look at where San Francisco is vulnerable, it's uh, against opposing run, ru ru rushing offenses. Uh, Detroit runs the football exceptionally well. So I think if Detroit can really stick to their game plan, if we see a lot of Jameer Gibbs uh, and they limit Goff's dropbacks in this game, I think we can see them have a lot of success. 
I'm not going to suggest Brock Purdy got exposed. I know the weather wasn't ideal. Uh, he might just not play well, particularly well in that rain. It was clearly bothering him uh, with the glove. But if I'm looking at how confident I am in each quarterback, I know Goff has some drastic home road splits, but he's going to be playing in 65-degree weather, uh, which is pretty optimal. So as far as like an outdoor game is concerned, it's as close to a dome environment as you can get. So I really think Detroit, again, being being slept on, I have a lot of confidence in Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell, who I both think are excellent coaches. Seven and a half points feels way too many to me. I don't think the San Francisco defense is nearly as good as it's been historically. Uh, so, yeah, I think there are some potential range of outcomes here where this Detroit uh, team can pull off a big upset. So I'm going to ride with the Lions here. You know, Proppy Island is a very lavish place usually. Uh, EC Island, not nearly as fancy. Uh, we we know why. Dave, you and I both think San Francisco in a blowout. Why do you think that? 12 of their 13 wins this year have been by seven points. Nine of their wins this year have been by at least 16 points. Their only legit loss since their week nine bye was against Baltimore in week 16, and they just slugged them out. They were the more physical team. They ran the ball well against them. I, I'm a little bit hesitant to buy I, – I, I don't know if the Lions – I okay, let me start, start over with what I'm saying. I think the Lions can run on the Niners. We've already talked about that. I've given you the stats. I have a little bit of a hard time believing that they're going to be able to throw. And when I think about that 49ers defense, I think that they have found a way to rebound against the pass. And you know that I was paying attention last week because of my showdown. I think that, that that's where they're going to win. I think that's where the Niners are going to end up winning is holding down the Lions against the pass. And so if the Niners can put up points like they always do, I don't think anybody disagrees that they're going to put up points. Even Alex said 23 points. That's the lowest I've heard of for the 49ers in this game. As long as they can put up points, I think that's going to put pressure on Detroit to eventually take to the air. It might be a little too little too late for, for Jared Goff to have 40 pass attempts in the game. But I think that they'll struggle to put up huge points. I think the 49ers can come through with a much bigger number. Proppy. Don't disagree with anything Dave said. I will say this. This is the game environment where I could – for looking at the potential range of outcomes, I'm not saying unequivocally Detroit's going to win the football game. I just think there are more chances than are given credit for. The, the one – if San Francisco does not start quickly, uh, Detroit starts very quickly. Out, out the gate, they're one of the best teams. They kind of struggle in the second half. They build up big leads. San Francisco does not play well from behind. We haven't seen them play well from behind all season long. That is the scenario Or I could see San Francisco really getting themselves into trouble. If Detroit comes out hot, which they typically do, uh, and build up a big lead, let's say 21-10, going into the second half, I would really worry about San Francisco in that specific game environment. Usually I love Proppy Island. Got to stay away this time. Uh, let's, come, let's bring up the recap screen. And as we always do, uh, Dave, I'll start with you. What is your favorite play on the board under either Prop Stars or my name? It's the one under your name, Pacheco over 16 and a half receiving yards at minus 120. That's a bet that's got a decent vig. You're not laying too much. Very likely outcome for Pacheco, regardless of game script, to get in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 receiving yards. All right, Proppy, your favorite props, one from Dave, one from me. Go with Dave's Justice Hill prop. Again, I just think it's a really sharp look. He to me, is the much more effective back, similarly to Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery here. Uh, just the more explosive option in that Ravens backfield uh, certainly has earned more playing time. I know that uh, they're going to run the football a lot against Kansas City, so love the Justice Hill prop. Uh, and then it's probably Brandon Ayuk. You see, I do think uh, 
as far as his yards are concerned, that this is a potential blow-up spot for him, a ceiling or a spike game. We know Detroit's pass defense, very vulnerable in the back end. They double-team opposing number one wide receivers at the lowest rate in the NFL as well. So uh, this has all the makings for Brandon Ayuk to go absolutely nuclear. I agree. Let me say this. If you have been watching this show for the long haul, you have made money. And I, I know we're all very proud of that. And uh, guys, it's always a blast to be on with you. I know we'll be back uh, in two weeks, right before the Super Bowl, with a true extravaganza of props and first touchdowns. Uh, we'll come up with something to make it really fun and score bets and all that that we can we can put our money on. But, but as always, guys, it has been an absolute blast and uh, appreciate being a part of it. Now, a couple other shows I want to promote here. A Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, check out our conference championship game preview from the early edge. I'm sure Proppy is on that. And Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, the early wedge golf show with myself, the counselor, and Patrick McDonald. Check that out among the other shows, 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, every Monday through Friday. So want to thank producer Jake behind the scenes. Always does a fantastic job. For Uncle Dave and Proppy, I am EC. As I always like to say, let's hit it big. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>